You want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. It's a drunk podcast. I can rim like a motherfucker. He already saw my Sullivan in San Diego. He got a golden shower. Bundy just fucking cream pied Albano. I've been drunk. I've never been cum drunk. Woo! Go. <laughs> What's up, Drunk Marks, Drunk Marquettes? This is Drunk Wrestling History. I'm Adam, your designated host. They are the Drunk Wrestling Historians. This is Eddie. Let us drink till thine asses are drunk. And this is Scott. Win if you can, lose if you must, but always drink. Welcome everyone to the, uh, I wouldn't say pay-per-view episode, but the event that we are covering today. Premium live event. Yeah. And uh, we hope you have a cold one at hand for this. Hope you uh, are all ready to have some fun. But in the meantime, uh, really quick, make sure that you also head over to whatamaneuver.net so you get those Drunk Wrestling History t-shirts. Great soft quality for on-demand printing. Get the variety of t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, onesies. That is at whatamaneuver.net. And Eddie, take it away. Well, um, you forgot to ask what we were drinking, so I will start with I am drinking right now a margarita. Uh, yesterday was National Margarita Day, and I'm observing today. I have a shot of tequila that we're going to do. Scott and I are going to do a shot for uh, someone we lost this week in a minute. And I've got a blue moon on standby, and the beer refrigerator is only about eight feet away in case I run out. And I'm out of blackened, unfortunately, so I'm not doing my what? traditional. I know, Shut dude. Up. I know. <laughs> Haven't had a chance to make it to Bevmo yet, so in lieu of Blackened, I've got a Coke and Sailor Jerry, and in case that runs out during the course of this episode, which it might, I've got a beer on hand. It's an India Pale Ale, Adam, that you sent me over Christmas, and much appreciated. It is sitting in a cooler, on standby, ready to go if needed. In case of emergency, crack beer. Dude, what are you doing for dinner? Funyuns. Seriously? What? Yeah. W- would you like to see? I saw him earlier. Um, that's. I didn't think that was dinner. I thought that was just a snack. No, that's a giant bag, Costco-sized bag, full of Funyuns. You should be so much fucking fatter, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. Give me some time. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, here's what you do. You finish that uh, Sailor and Coke. Make sure you drink the whole IPA. Inhale that entire bag of Funyuns and pass the fuck out in bed, dude. You're going to sleep like a mummy. I, Dude, I'm such a rookie at drinking nowadays. I may not even need the Funyuns to pass out. Well, but you want them because you don't, you'll wake up feeling like shit. Oh, understood. You got go to go to bed with food in your stomach, especially Funyuns. <laughs> okay. We're going to order pizza as soon as we're done with this episode. Oh, good move. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so I've, got, I've got some Bundaberg root beer. It is Australian family owned. Your favorite beer, Root. Exactly. <laughs> Australian for Root Beer, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Adam, you tossed to me earlier because I had a couple notes for this episode. Um, first thing is, like I like to do every month or so, is just say hello and thank you to our international listeners. 
who we have. The majority of our listeners are always here in America. But uh, Canada, UK, Germany, Ireland, Bahrain. I don't think that's how you really pronounce it. France, Mexico, Sweden, South Africa, and that one dude in India. Thank you guys for listening to the show. And a couple really quick things. Um, I just want to say what's up to our new friend Kiba. I guess it's Kiba I don't, or Kaiba, but I assume Kiba. She's at Instagram at Kiba, K-I-B-A, 9912. She hit me up on Instagram a few weeks ago. I meant to mention her last time we were recording, but I think I was already drunk when we started because that was after we saw Jackass. Um, <laughs> which you guys are going to hear oh, that, that was episode. Night. That was episode 100. So you're going to hear that in a couple weeks. Um, she just said she loves the show, and she was laughing out loud at the Katie Vick episode while cleaning a church. Oh! <laughs> I don't think I mentioned that before. Did I mention it before? No, I don't recall that. Okay, I didn't think no, so. No, but that's epic. <laughs> okay, um, I want to point everyone in the direction of a YouTube channel called Original Wrestling Documentaries. They do these great documentaries. A lot of them are about the territories. I watched the San Francisco Territory one the other day, and it was like a 25-minute documentary. I know a lot about that territory because I've always been fascinated with it. I'm reading the book, uh, Rock Rim's book about Roy Shire right now. And from that documentary, I learned a lot of stuff I never knew. So the dude makes great documentaries. I hit him up on YouTube and said, I'm going to put you over on the podcast. I don't really need to because he's got like 20,000 subscribers. We have like 500. Um, (laughs) But still, you know, I was like, dude, maybe someone who listens to us has never heard of you. Check that out if you're into like sober wrestling history. We're giving him the rub. Yeah, and like I've always wanted to go into some territory episodes, but we haven't, and I'm not really sure how to do it and how to. I just don't. I don't know how many people are really into that the way I am. So I don't. Also, how do we riff on that? Oh, you can definitely fucking goof on some territory shit. You think so? Oh my god, yeah. I mean, Stu Hart had a bear that lived under under his porch. Okay. Um, There's material. Um, what the fuck's his name? Jack Pfeffer used to book. Um, Bruno San Martino and Hobo Brazil. Like, how is that not funny? You know. Um, uh, two other quick things. We got a, a review on iTunes. I always like to read those, uh, mostly to encourage more of you to leave them. Um, I got one from a guy named Ben B e n e v o o o o o o. Um, he put perfect five stars, just an awesome podcast. I found it recently and I'm completely addicted. Eddie, Scott, and Adam, and he spelled both of our names several ways are all absolutely hilarious together. And the wife's cameos are always amazing as well. Episode ideas, maybe Mount Rushmore matches an episode about HBK and Olympians and wrestling. And I added all three of those to our list of episode ideas uh, because those are all good episodes. So at some point, yeah, maybe like this, dude, my episode list is like 50 deep at this point. But uh, we might get to at least a couple of those this year. Or we'll just die of liver poisoning because, you know, people want more episodes out of us. Right, yeah, they're asking a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, How could you a- die of liver poisoning? You don't have the beer because you don't have the money because no one's buying a fucking shirt. <laughs> Thank you, shirt. Adam. Yes, we were going to get to that shortly, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Well, go ahead and plug the shirt before I get to the last uh, thing. Well, he did already, but let's plug it again because nobody's listening. Wait, did I do that on the last episode or this one? This one. Do Shit, it again. Na- Shit, now I'm drunk and I just have root beer. What the fuck? Buy, buy a shirt. Go to whatamaneuver.net. Log off of your Facebook and your Twitter and your Snapchat. You do, 
Your friends don't need to see you throwing up rainbows anymore. Go to whatamaneuver.net. Get a t No, don't get a t-shirt. Get t-shirts. Buy a hoodie. A onesie. Onesies. The whole thing. Because you want to look like a drunk wrestling historian. Right. And when you're at the bar with a cold one, and then somebody's going to be like, Hey, you're a wrestling fan? Then you're going to get that person addicted to our show, and it's going to be binge-worthy. And then we're going to start having running gags about them. See, this is not just we want shirts. It's opportunity for you, and it starts with buying a shirt. (laughs) Yep, You're guaranteed to get laid if you buy that shirt. That's what Eddie said. Oh, that's true, dude. Yeah, I get my dick wet every time I wear my shirt. Exactly. Same. So, boom. There it is. Science. (laughs) 100% guaranteed. Um, Wait. Wait, you guys for real? No. <laughs> Fuck no. Buy a shirt and find out. <laughs> um, okay, two last quick things. Um, this is episode 93 or 94. I've mentioned this before, but I want to mention it again, and I, you're going to hear this from me again in another episode or two. Um, so I just want to hammer this, and I'll put it on Twitter too. Podbean only lets us keep 100 episodes available. And we're coming up on 100 episodes, and we have a couple that are like, we have more than, this is episode 94, but we have more, that we have like 96 or 7 episodes on now. Episodes are going to start going away. I'm going to take down the first couple that were not really that fantastic in the first place. Oh, like Tuesday in Texas. Exactly. The original WrestleMania one, and then the Lars one. Um, So those are the first ones you guys want to go back and listen to if you've missed. After those three, unless I think of another one or two, they're going to start going down. Episode 3 will go away. Episode 4 will go away. So they're going to start episode as we go through the weeks. We're going to lose one more episode every week. Um, they're all going to stay on YouTube. YouTube lets you put up as much shit as you want, but Podbean doesn't. So if you've missed any shit, if you're a newer listener and you want to hear the back stuff, don't dick around. Get to it. You know, Don't, don't waste any time. If you so, want to the- hear us so excited, listen to that Lars episode. That's one of that's actually one of my favorite episodes. If you guys, we haven't were heard so that, happy he was found in a porno. Yeah, if you guys haven't heard that, we recorded that the night that that story came out. Like we actually had all the gear with us. We were on vacation together in San Diego, and we were like emergency recording time. Yeah. So we did that. And it's short. It's like fifteen minutes. But um, we were yeah, so that happy. Going, that's gonna be one of the first ones to go away, and then. Like I said, gradually, every week one's going to go away. Or every episode we put up, one's going to go away. Sometimes we skip a week. Yeah, um, it's like Podbean snapped their fingers. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the last note we had, and then we'll get into the episode. God damn, we're 11 minutes into this. Um, let's make this quick. Uh, the great Boom Boom Kamini, Kamini, legend of all pro wrestling, died yesterday. Or we heard about it yesterday. Yeah, Mike Modest posted it on Facebook the other day. Yeah. So if you're a Bay Area wrestling fan, you probably knew who he was. I think he was in that Battle Royal at the Cow Palace we went to a few years ago, right? Oh, I think you're right. That's yeah. That's the last time either of us would have seen him. Really cool dude. I used to, I've mentioned this before, we used to be, I used to be part of their video team. I recorded their shows. And um, before we started recording the shows and while we were recording the shows, we used to tailgate across the street before their shows and boom boom would come out there a lot of times and hang out we make him a burger super cool guy his real job was he worked with um special needs kids we used to see him out like for a walk with them all the time great dude sucks to hear that awful news i don't know how he died or any of the circumstances or anything but he was just a good dude and like a good he was a big man he was like a bam bam bigelow type 
and he was pretty good. I watched him. I had saw him have a lot of good matches. He was one of the, he was uh, one half of the Mad Moshers tag team, and it was just too bad. You know, it was just sad that uh, a Jim Wars legend. Exactly, Jim Wars legend, straight out of, coming at you out of Hay- Hayward, California, right down the street from the Drunker Dome. Love to party uh, in the fucking war zone. Oh my god, the fucking wars! One of these days, we're going to do an APW watch along or something. Well, and, and you know, um, and that that leads right into what I was going to say is, if you want to see Boom Boom's matches, you can go right on YouTube. And he's got plenty of matches on there. He wrestled Donovan Morgan on there. Mm-hmm. That was the video that Mike Modest posted. But there's a lot of APW stuff with Boom Boom in it. It's worth a look because, like you said, Eddie, he's just a good dude. Yeah, totally. Super cool guy. I, that was terrible news I got from you yesterday. Yeah, I'm sorry to be the bearer of the bad news, but I would love to raise a toast to the great Boom Boom. Yep. Shout out tequila for Boom Boom. Here's to you, Boom Boom. Rest in paradise. All right, Adam, let's get into this episode. For today's episode, again, this isn't necessarily a pay-per-view, but this is a live event uh, that took place on January 29th in the year of our Lord, 2012. Fun, or sorry, drunk fact, this was actually four days after my wipeout taping. (laughs) No, really? Yeah, so I was also in SoCal for a completely different reason. And on YouTube, I'm going to link to that video right now. That's on YouTube, right? Uh, I think it's on iTunes, but I think it cycles through on TBS or it's syndicated. I'm going to buy it on iTunes, record it with my phone, put it on YouTube, and link to it. Sweet. But uh, more importantly for this episode, this is at the LAX Western Hotel in El Segundo, California. This is Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Kurt Russell Reunion 3. And I guess uh, the big thing that stands out about this episode, at least among the three of us, Scott was there. Uh, Not only was I there, Adam, and thank you for pointing that out, but I was ringside for this. Is this the only time you've ever sat ringside? Yes. Dude, how fucking cool is that? It was amazing. And it was one of those unexpected things that... So this was... Let me back up a little bit. This was part of a bigger event called Wrestle Reunion. This would have been Wrestle Reunion 6 in 2012, and it was actually a three-day event. It it took place on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Each day, there were autograph signings. There was an open convention hall with merch and independent wrestlers in there. For example, Colt Cabana was in there hanging out. Uh, Marty DeRosa was there, the great comedian. El Generico was running around the joint. A bunch of people had merch for sale. Anything from masks to figures to DVDs, you name it, wrestling merch, it was there. But it was a, a huge event. They had a, uh, a $5 wrestling, which if you remember, Colt Cabana did $5 wrestling with Marty DeRosa, where they and, would basically... And, and oh, go we're going to get into Colt Cabana later. Yeah, and so he would basically riff with Marty DeRosa. They would do a comedy bit to just crappy wrestling matches. It was almost like watching, uh, watching Mystery Science Theater, but with Car- uh, uh, Colt and Marty riffing on the matches. They did that live on Saturday night, like late. Uh, Colt did a live Art of Wrestling podcast with Mikey Whipwreck. And each night they had a live wrestling show. Friday night was Dragon Gate. Saturday night was like a Legends of Wrestling pay-per-view thing. And then Sunday was Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. So if you watch this on DVD or stream it, whatever, you'll notice the crowd is a little quiet. That's I did because notice that. Yeah, the crowd partied the entire weekend, dude. Like, no joke. The hotel bar was littered. 
every single night with wrestlers, big name, independent, you name it, they were there. Wrestlers and fans alike, just getting their party on. Did you meet anyone cool at the bar? Like, you get uh, fucked up with anyone? No, I actually, <laughs> I did not go to the bar late at night. I was with Jeff, and we were kind of taking it easy because we didn't want to get crazy or anything. Um, I did offer to buy Kevin Steen. Most of you may know him as Kevin Owens now. I did offer to buy him a beer, which he informed Mark. me he did not drink. And I was like, well, can I get you a Pepsi? Really? And he was like, no, I'm good. Yeah. A fucking yeah. Canadian doesn't drink, eh? Uh, El Generico either. Wow. They're, uh, they're both straight edge, apparently. And uh, they, they were not interested in drinking. And it's funny. El Generico was walking around after the Saturday show in a robe with his mask on. Did he helicopter? His he did not helicopter. No. But I got Kevin Steen to follow me on Twitter because I had added El Generico. And I'm like, look at you walking around like a cock with your robe on and your mask on. And Kevin Steen <laughs> liked it and immediately followed me. Because he and El Generico nice. were feuding at the time. It was a big joke. And Whatever. You met, and you met Steen a couple other times. I remember we went to Access 2015 in San Jose. And you went up there to uh, get Steen's autograph. And he remembered you. Yes, because Jeff had actually purchased some merch off of him. I've actually got it framed up on my wall. He bought his final battle knee brace and shirt that he wore that had him and El Generico wanted. It was their shirt from when they were a tag team. And they both signed it. And that was what he wore at final battle. And I've got that in a frame in my hallway. Okay. Uh, not to say Steen and I go way back or anything like that, but it, those roots are why I'm a huge Kevin Owens fan today. And I love that guy. I want nothing for the but the best for him. Like, he's amazing. And I've hyped him up for years to you, Eddie. Dude, I remember you, you, seven, eight, nine years ago, you were like, this dude, Kevin Steen, Kevin Steen. So this pay-per-view, you let me borrow the DVD. Yes. And that's where we, we all watched it from that. I ripped it and put it in the Dropbox, and you guys watched it. But I remember, so this is 10 years ago, you gave me the DVD, and you're like, you have to watch this. And yeah. I watched it back then. I was like, fuck, man. This is, this guy, yeah, exactly. This, I mean, a lot of people, but this guy's no fucking joke. I, I saw kind of right away what you saw in this dude. Yeah, well, you lovingly called him Joe Stomach. Joe before Stomach. Watch. Yes, he became <laughs> Joe. You actually had a picture of him, and you captioned it with Joe Stomach. I thought that's what they were going to name him in NXT, yeah. <laughs> when they changed his name, right. Well, he became a huge deal after this, and I'm glad everybody's seeing it now because the guy's amazing. He might actually have a WrestleMania match against Stone Cold. That's the level that he's at now. But you go back to this show... And we're going to get into it, but how many names did you see on this show that Several. today, yeah, right. they're main roster guys, which is what I love because this, you know, I've been kind of checked out, or I'll be completely honest, I've been kind of checked out of wrestling the last, I don't know, year or two. Yeah, you it, lied it, to uh, that one dude on his podcast. Breaker? Well, yeah. yes and no. Watched. Like, I've never gotten out of collecting wrestling figures, but my love for wrestling has kind of waned a little bit. But what I want the listeners to know is going back and watching this DVD, doing the research for this show with this DVD, it got my wrestling boner going again. So, so dude, check out AEW. I'm telling you, man, this is, a, this is PWG with television. To go right into exactly what you're saying, next weekend, which would be March 6th, I'm going over to Jeff's house to watch the AEW pay-per-view. That'll be the first pay-per-view I've watched since the Rumble but it'll be the first AEW pay-per-view I've watched since I went over to your house. And mm -hmm. I don't even remember which AEW pay-per-view it Dude, was. that but was, was the where, first one. Where's Cody faced Dustin, and then they had the hug in the ring, and we wept openly. Was it, like, wait, that was, what, that was all in right before it was AEW. That was double I, or no, all in or double or nothing? 
Whatever the fuck it was, it was a long ass time Don't ago. Don't worry, nothing. It was, was the a long main. ass time ago. Mox showed up, and then yes, and then I think it was one, one or both of you. You started jumping around wrestling. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> but this this got my juices flowing again. So I went down into the garage. And I got out all my old PWG DVDs, which I know you have a couple of them, Eddie. I think you've got all my DDT4s, which was their tag team tournament. Mm -hmm. um, but this was part of a bigger weekend, right? It was WrestleCon before WrestleCon. Right. And I wish they still had this because Saturday, they had all of the talent in a big like garden area at the LAX hotel. And everything took place in one hotel. It was awesome. But Mankind was there. The New Age Outlaws, the Steiner Brothers, Kevin Von Eric, Kevin Sullivan. Fuck. Oh, Kevin. I would have left so when he no showed joke. up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Maurice was there also. I would have come back when she showed up. So <laughs> my brother, I didn't brother, mean to say Jeff, back. <laughs> we're going through the line, and I had a, uh, an action figure for Maurice to sign. She signed my one of my Mattel figures. And Jeff starts chatting up. This was before she was with Miz. Jeff starts chatting her up. Okay. Knowing that she's French Canadian, he's like, "Hey, I hear you're a big Patrick Waugh fan." And oh, dude, fuck. I'll oh, be goddamned oh, 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 oh. if he doesn't fucking start chopping it up with her about Patrick Waugh and hockey. I'm like, this motherfucker is gonna bang Maurice. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I thought he had a chance, dude. He was hella chopped it up with her. Of course, he didn't. And the Miz ended up having beautiful children with her, and they have a great relationship. You've seen it on TV. Yeah. But, yeah, Jeff, chatting it up with Maurice. I was impressed. Very impressed. Yeah. I, but if yeah, you, it doesn't... It doesn't say, I mean, like, a lot of times chicks will talk to you about sports. That doesn't mean they want to... I don't know. Wait. I, dude, I he feel got, like I got, I got a better chance with Maurice because I work, like, 60-hour weeks, and <laughs> my paychecks are fat. <laughs> Yeah, but you can't have a full conversation about Patrick Waugh. Well, but, yeah, like I want to talk to her. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> She's all stretched out now. I'm Come on. I'm totally cutting this part out of the episode. This is so you son of a bitch. So this was part of a bigger weekend that was basically WrestleCon before WrestleCon. Right, because WrestleCon, I think, got huge in like 2014, 2015. Right. This was kind of a precursor to that where they had wrestling events on top of what would have normally been just a meet and greet thing with wrestlers. So it became yeah. a whole weekend. And it was amazing. And this was at the tail end of that weekend. Literally, this thing let out and everybody left. But Jeff and I went in for a meet and greet beforehand. That was part of the Jeff buying these VIP ringside tickets. It got you into meet and greet. And as soon as we walked in, I had bought the Steenwolf DVD. That was the show before this one that PWG put on. <laughs> Steenwolf. Steenwolf. Where uh, Kevin Steen and Super Dragon face the Young Bucks in a guerrilla warfare match, which is basically like an anything goes match. Okay. And I had the Young Bucks, Kevin Steen, and Super Dragon sign my DVD cover. And so I went out in the garage. I brought all this back in. So... This is all part of getting my wrestling boner back, right? Like, going back and watching this stuff, like, it's getting me back into it. Like, I'm really loving what I'm seeing, especially going back and seeing where these guys were 10 years ago. Good, good. Compared to where they are now, and I'm loving it, dude. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that, dude. I'm happy about your boner. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I know you, I love you, it. You, you, you've missed it, and uh, it's coming back. 
coming back yeah. strong. Good, good. All right. Well, yes, I this look was my to... wrestling Viagra, so to speak. All right. I look forward to talking to you about the AEW pay-per-view that I'm not going to watch um, next week. <laughs> no spoilers then for you. Yeah. Maybe I will watch it. You know what, dude? Maybe, I'll, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll, I'll buy it. Okay. We'll see. And we'll text. We'll text. <laughs> I have your information. Um, so to we're tw- about 22 minutes into this, and all we've done is talk about you, Scott. So let's get let's get into the pay-per-view. <laughs> but this is personal. He was there. <laughs> no, I know. So, I'm just kidding. Oh, this is also um, where I took the picture with Virgil with the FML shirt on. Oh, that's the best picture ever. That's this show. Like That was during the autograph signing. I got that picture with Virgil. You're gonna to have to send that to me because that's gonna be the text for this picture for this uh, <laughs> okay. Twitter thing. deal. Also, by the way, like th- this episode so far has turned into our idea, our idea for every WrestleMania we've ever been to episode. So, you guys, if you're listening to this and you're not completely, if you guys like this, hearing about our experiences at wrestling shows, let us know because Scott and I have been to I don't know ten WrestleManias together, and yeah. Chow and I have been to eighteen or nine, nineteen, nine. 19 WrestleManias together. We have an insane amount of WrestleMania stories. We've always just been a little hesitant to tell them on the show because we don't want to talk about ourselves too much. If this was fun and interesting to you, let us know because we got a million of them and we'll start doing WrestleMania reviews and talking about what we were up to on the show. On the, I mean, it's strippers, it's booze, it's fucking throwing up at the airport, everything. Alberto so, Del Rio on a balcony at the Hustler Club Alberto in New Orleans. Alberto Del Rio throwing beads off the balcony. Yeah, exactly. Throwing up outside the strip club before going in. Everything. Right. Otherwise, we're just going to pitch the whole story to Seth Rogen and have him make a movie. So, exactly. your call. Exactly. Buy a so, shirt. Um, Adam, you tease the first match while I pee because uh, I got to pee. <laughs> he's got to pee. <laughs> 22 minutes in, he's got to piss. Where's uh, your fucking bag, dude? Oh, he's left. Son oh. of a bitch. Or maybe he's finding the bag. Uh, <laughs> I doubt it. Commentators are Colt Boom Boom Cabana and Excalibur. Unless uh, it, it was hard to hear because the audio was in and out with them. At least, Yes, the it was, Adam. You're absolutely back. right. That's That was my one kind of issue with this DVD is that the audio from the commentators was really off. Unless the microphones were just planted. What? Planted in one place, and then they're so amazed while while talking about the match that they actually lean back and oh my god, and then they add something to say like this. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, maybe bad positioning. I don't know, but don't don't buy this DVD for the commentators. Just for buy that, it for the wrestling. Watch, watch it because is that what you started with the commentary? Up. Yes, the commentary. I was just, inter- just introing them. So okay, and that is our oh oh go ahead go ahead. Uh, that would be our. First match, the Fightin' Taylor boys, Brian and Brian Cage versus Famous B and Chris Cadillac. Okay, so is this Excalibur and Colt Cabana? Yes, yeah. it is. Okay. I could barely hear Colt. Yes, exactly. That's what we were just saying is the audio is kind of off. Right. It's kind of off. And you know what? I'm recording this podcast with about $150 worth of equipment. <laughs> <laughs> and we sound pretty fucking good. <laughs> okay, this was ten years ago. Come okay. on, cut them a break. They're an independent okay, promotion. Okay, you know what? I can send you a recording of my old band's demo from 1998, and it sounds better than that. Will you stop? Lay off the commentary. We're not putting over the fucking commentators here. I'm not putting. No, I'm definitely not putting them over. No, we're we're gonna put over the wrestling, not the commentators. Yeah, I'm gonna bury Excalibur. Excalibur fucking sucks. I'm You've never been a fan of him. I can't stand that fucking clown. 
And I like Colt Cabana as a wrestler and as a podcaster and everything, but as a he jokes around too much. He yeah. like put he you know what I mean? He I ends noticed up, that. He distracts from the match. Like he's too busy making jokes. Like Bobby Heenan would make jokes involving the wrestlers, I guess. Or in context yes. with the action that's going on. In context, right. exactly. Or Adam. the king or even Graves. A lot of those guys will say funny shit that involves what's happening in the ring. Now Colcabana was talking about Subway sandwiches at one point. At one point, we'll get to it later, he was talking about Doritos. Um these they both suck. Fucker took my ideas. Well, you know, at some point you just kind of tune it out and you well, just watch you the wrestling. Yeah, especially when you can't hear it. And I was yeah. not catching what they were saying. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of tuned it out and watched it for the wrestling. So first thing I thought when I saw this, when the match started was, so I went into this totally cold. I don't know any storylines. I don't know any angles. I don't know who's a baby face, who's a heel. Nothing. Which is kind of a cool way to watch a wrestling show because that kind of gives you an idea of how guys work, like how right. well they work, right? Because you should be able to not, you should be able to go into a match cold and know who's the heel, who's the babyface. Yes. This match, I didn't get that. I had no idea who was who in this match. Because um, there was, were a lot of gray areas with PWG in general as far as who was heel and who was face. They didn't, they didn't necessarily have that distinction made unless you were the Young Bucks. They were the universal heels in PWG. There, I, I would say that there was not a lot of heel and face element in PWG. Um, on this show, there was a lot. You thought so? Most of the matches, I could very easily tell who was who. This match, I couldn't. Okay, so um, the just to take you back one show, which would ahead. have been Steenwolf, okay. Super Dragon and Kevin Steen were the faces. Okay. When you get to the main event... They're the heels. Yeah, so that's what I mean. That there was a, a, kind of a lot of bleed over from show to show, as you weren't sure really who was the face and who was the heel. So, so one of the things I wanted to ask you was: Is there anything between shows? Because they didn't have a weekly TV show or anything. So, like, how did no? Did they they no. didn't have angles, right? They just no. had matches. It went show to show, dude. It was like back in the day if you were watching a WWF pay per view when they had the Big Four, right? You know, at least you had show in between to fill in. PWG was literally show to show. So this there, would be like as far as a guy turning heel or face, it would be like if you missed the last month of TV. Correct. Okay. That's kind of what I thought because I didn't think they had anything like that. Um, so I was like, okay, if you're going into this cold, or I mean, you are you only can go into it cold. It, correct. Yeah. So if you would watch Steenwolf, you'd think that Steen and Super Dragon were the biggest faces in the promotion. And then right. you get to the main event of this show. And they're the biggest heels in the promotion next to the team that they faced at the last show. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah, that's weird. It is weird, dude. It really is weird. I figured there was going to be a rematch, mm-hmm. but they went into the match's heels. And that didn't make much sense to me. But again, it was more about the wrestling and less to do with like character development. Okay. Um, that's kind of what I thought. Okay. Um, first thing I thought when, I, when this match started is I thought Brian Cage should get back to this size. Because he's Shrink a big up a little. motherfucker now. Yeah, he is. But he's he works humongous. this. But he works the same style. But now when he does this shit, I mean, he's not like a flippy guy, but he's a you know a quick guy. You know, he's quick on his feet. Agile for a big man. Yeah, but he looks weird when he does it now. Right. He looked at in this match. He looked decent. He or not decent, but good. You know, he looked good doing it. Now he looks kind of awkward doing most stuff. I think he should slim back down to that size. And I know he's got his whole thing with AEW. He can't get booked on TV, and his wife got fucking pissed off about it. Maybe. Start wrestling like a big guy or slim down to your style. 
Yes. Take your you know pick I mean? of which direction you want to go. Yeah, it'd be like if 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 the Undertaker worked like Rey Mysterio, it wouldn't make sense. Or if right. Rey Mysterio worked like Undertaker, it wouldn't make sense. Right. Brian Cage is sort of in that spot where he doesn't really work to his size. Yeah, pick a side. Right, right. So I would like to see him like lose. I don't know. It seems like since then he's gained like ninety five pounds of muscle. Yeah, he's a tremendous talent, dude, but I agree. Something is holding him back, and I don't know exactly what it is, mm-hmm. but you watch this, and you're like, okay, maybe it's his size. Maybe he got too big, and he's changed his style up a little bit. Right. He was good in this. Um, the main takeaway I got from this match, besides the horrible commentary, um, was kind of that from him. Like, his big... It, really, I was I probably zoomed in too much on Brian Cage, but I really was like... His biggest shortcoming now is his size, and he should go back to that. Well, he was the biggest name in the match that you knew. You didn't know the other three guys, but you knew Cage, so that That's makes true. sense that you would hone in on him. That's but true. I, I honestly true. loved this match. I thought it was a lot of fun. Good mm-hmm. opener. It was. It was a really good match. Um, I thought Cadillac was a little sloppy with his strikes. Was he new? Was he a rookie then? Uh, yeah, I don't recall him because I was I watched the previous show. I don't recall him being at Steenwolf. He might have been. Okay. Um, but yeah, he was fairly new. I believe as was Famous B. Okay. Um, there was a cool spot where um, Brian Cage is on the floor and uh, Famous B goes for a Hurricane Rana to him. And he uh, Brian Cage spins him around and they do a doomsday device through the ropes. Yes. That was cool. He was a little too close to the ropes. Because, um, what the fuck's his name? Um, Ryan Taylor? Brian Taylor kind of almost overshot him. Because the angle he had to go through the ropes, he had to come up at him too high. And yep. he almost missed him. But that's just, uh, I think you have to try that that move a few times to kind of calibrate that. Yes, correct. But it was cool. It was a really cool move. Yeah, cool spot. Yeah. And uh, it was a short match. It was only seven, eight minutes. Yeah, it wasn't long. It was really entertaining, though. Fast-paced. It was one of those solid openers that get you invested in the show. Yeah, and we finished it off with the Destroyer monkey flip type uh, thing. Yeah, an assisted... I called it an assisted Canadian Destroyer. There you go. Yeah. and the Even though uh, Famous B's shoulders were not actually pinned to the mat, it was his neck. Right. Yeah. Referee Um, counted it anyway. One, two, three. His shoulders were covered visually. Yeah. Yes, per se. And overall, I liked the match a lot. It was just my my one issue was I really had no idea who was the face, who was the heel. Um, I know that works with that crowd, and that's me being nitpicky, and that's like my personal preference. It was lucha, you know. It was like kind of lucha style, like they're just doing moves with none of that face heel psychology. So to kind of hit rewind again, real quick. We were at the previous year's Wrestle Reunion, which took okay. place at a different place in Los Angeles. But PWG piggybacked another show onto Wrestle Reunion, but theirs was on Saturday night. Started super late. Jeff and I had a blast at the show, but that kicked off my love for PWG. And so I was fully invested in PWG up to now this show. So basically, one year later, now I'm at my, and I've only been to two PWG shows. Okay. Wrestle Reunion in 2011, so it would have been Kurt Russell Reunion 2, was my first. This was my second. Is there a reason it's called that, or is it just a, like a pun? So PWG is famous for finding puns when they name their shows. Okay, so it's a pun. And oh, it's so, based off so of So they sought my assistance for this. 
<laughs> yeah. So basically, to piggyback off of Wrestle Reunion, they called this Kurt Russell Reunion. They they tend to go off of a pop culture reference just to make it witty. But okay. I was fully invested in what was going on in PWG right through to this show. Kurt Russell so, wasn't there. No, Kurt Russell had nothing to do with the show. Okay. Have they ever done Mel Gibson reunion? Not to my knowledge, no. (laughs) They beat up Goldberg. (laughs) The passion of the PWG. (laughs) Um, So that's where... So we're going to get into this. That was a Mel Mel Gibson anti-Semite joke, by the way. Well done. Yeah. I bet the listeners didn't tune into the show expecting to hear that. Yeah, well... Fuck Mel Gibson. <laughs> right. Go buy a shirt, by the way. So, getting into this next match now, it changes gears a little bit because you're not getting your PWG regulars now. This was a blend of your PWG regulars and guys from Dragon Gate because Dragon Gate was in town for Wrestle Reunion. Oh, okay. That's why there were so many Japanese guys on the show. Yes. So, remember I said when Wrestle Reunion was going on, it was a weekend with shows every night. Friday night was Dragon Gate. So the Dragon Gate guys were in town, so PWG grabbed a handful of them and sprinkled them into their show for Sunday. And that's where you get into this next match. Really really quick, Cadillac was wearing a parody Power Rangers shirt. Awesome. I didn't notice that. And then, uh, or in the intro, and then Cabana says that Papa Taylor gets around and spreads his seed. He germinates. Fuck. The Godfather of wrestling podcast. So that that makes sense with the unnecessary uh, jokes instead of the Bobby the Brain in context jokes. Second (laughs) match of the night is BB Hulk versus Jimmy Susamu. And these are two Dragon Gate guys. So again, I'm not sitting at ringside, which by the way, spoiler alert, and this may be shocking to you, Eddie, I wore a Kevin Steen shirt to this show. Imagine that. (laughs) <laughs> and a super dragon mask. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so that kind of explains why and a super dragon belly while watching. Well, so I only wore it at certain points during the show. I would kind of throw it on and then take it back off. So, unfortunately, when they did the ringside shots, we were at the cameraman's back. They didn't right. do a lot of shots towards us. Right. So you didn't really see us. I think we were on camera like four times during the show. But now you're getting into, so when I said I was fully invested in the PWG roster up to this point, now you're getting a match where there are two Dragon Gate guys. And just looking back at the show, seeing the people sitting ringside in the crowd, there were a lot of PWG regulars. So I think by throwing the two Dragon Gate guys into this match, that was another element of why the crowd was so quiet. They respected them. But you weren't invested because they weren't actual PWG guys. That's just my take. Also, okay. there was a lot of drinking that weekend, and that's another reason the crowd was quiet. They it were recovering sense. still. Just give them a, yeah, just give them another platform and introduce them to somebody else. So yeah, Not yeah. I mean, hit. they obviously, <laughs> excuse me, they obviously warmed up to them during the course of the show, and you right. can kind of catch that. But this match, the crowd was pretty quiet. They were, yeah. I did notice that early on. Um, the first thing I kind of thought was we have BB Hulk, which is the worst name I've ever heard in my life. Yes. Until you find out that Jimmy Susumu is Susumu means idiot because he <laughs> they lost talk about a that name too. match. I've never even heard of a name match. And then <laughs> yeah. they said that he lost two name matches in Japan. And I would love to know what the first 
name he had to take on after the first name match is, but the second one was Idiot. So his name is Jimmy Idiot. Yeah, we think we're all cool here in the States with hair versus hair or mask versus mask matches. Dude, right, you can grow your fucking hair back or put the mask back on, but your name is still Idiot. Yeah, imagine calling yourself like Harry Dickface or something like that. Like, that would be awesome. The guy has to carry that for the rest of his career? Fuck yeah, Harry yeah. Balls. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Phil McCrevice. <laughs> Mike Hunt. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. If I ever did a name uh, uh, match with someone, you would have to change your name to Mike Hunt. <laughs> Harry Bush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're so mature. Um, oh, yeah. Two, yeah. Qu- two things really quick. Uh, I remember one name match. Val Venus beat uh, Mr. Ass Billy Gunn and made him change his name to the one Billy Gunn because of right to censor. Also, I also, I looked up what idiot is in Japanese. I found... Susumu. Oro Kamono. Oh. So, so we were duped. So maybe Cabana's just being weird. I or they ang- they anglicized Oro Kamoro. Maybe. To Susumu. I also want to point out that I don't know if you caught Colt's com- uh, commentary about BB Hulk, but apparently he was like a male dancer character and he had turned darker within the recent months leading up to this match. Darker? Yeah, like he became like a darker character, like he was all kind of goth. Oh, I think he meant like dark, like darker, like skin Not tone skin darker. tone darker, okay. no. So part of that whole gimmick was he carried like this carafe or this goblet of wine or some sort of alcohol with the him to Gangrel? ringside. Oh, kind of like Gangrel, yeah, he had like this, this drinking vessel. Okay. Dude, he was drinking out of it coming to ringside, and we all thought it was kind of gimmicked or whatever. But then he set it at ringside, and he put it on the corner closest to Jeff and I. Dude, I can 100% vouch, that shit stank. There like was liter- There was like an odor coming from it, like a fucking rancid wine. Hmm. It was disgusting. Like, you could literally smell it coming from this drinking vessel. And when it left, the smell was gone. So it was, it was coming from that vessel. Nice. And it was disgusting. So I'm like, dude, I don't know what that guy was drinking, but I don't know. They were making jungle juice or something in the back amongst the boys. <laughs> but BB Hulk, man, he was partaking. It was he strong. Came, he came from the frat house. This is quite <laughs> questionable drinking wrestling history. <laughs> from the mean streets of El Segundo, right. BB Hulk. He came from the El Segundo brewery. Yes. Um, I love this match. Um, I like the start a lot because they started out slow and they were feeling each other out. It was like yes. seemed like two guys who'd never worked together, and I'm sure they had. Um, but it seemed like they were just kind of trying to figure things out, right, where to go. Um, there's a really good back and forth early on, and then Jimmy gets a headlock, which I did not expect on a show like this. I didn't think you'd ever see like a slow – because you didn't see this in the first match. And knowing indie wrestling, I didn't think you'd see something like that where you just like grab a guy with a headlock and slow the match down. That was pretty cool. So, th- yeah, again, so now you're in Dragon Gate, right? These aren't PWG-trained guys. Mm-hmm. These guys are Dragon Gate. Both guys had actually wrestled the previous evening. I'm sorry, two previous evenings on the Friday night show. And I was super impressed. I'm like, these guys are fucking good. And then they came out to wrestle on the, the Sunday show. And I'm like, holy shit, this is going to be amazing. It was a really, really good match, dude. Like, 
you could tell these guys knew what the fuck they were doing. They could tell a good story in the ring. Totally. Very well trained. Like, everything they did looked good. Their yes. strikes looked really good. You know? Like, which that's always kind of like, if you can see through anything, if you can tell anyone's a rookie, it's their strikes. Yeah. Like, they look shitty. These guys, everything they did looked good. Um, Hulk is working Jimmy over mid-match, and he slows it way down. And I was like, okay, Hulk's the heel. Yeah, you could tell who was face, who was heel. And, and again, no these idea. are Dragon Gate guys, not PWG guys. Exactly, yeah. And yes. then he hits a badass roundhouse heel kick. Yep. And um, then he gets him in, he gets him in a uh, single leg crab, and he's stomping him. And I was like, I, I put in my notes, this is fucking good shit right here. You like this. I love it. I love yeah. it. He's got he was good sing- with the axe kicks, too, BB Hulk was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, Susumu catches Hulk off the top rope at one point, and he turns into a suplex, which I was like, holy shit, how did he do that? Yeah. Um, then Hulk does a badass series of strikes. He misses a roundhouse, but then he sweeps a leg, and I was like, dude, this is like Cobra Kai. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All we're missing is Carrie Underwood. Yeah, totally, yeah. Um, and then BB hits a pump handle slam, but lands it into like a sidewalk slam. Like he flips yeah. him all the way around into a sidewalk slam. I thought that was it. That yeah, I thought that was a finish too. Yeah, but then um, Jimmy gets up and hits two huge clotheslines, and he goes for a double underhook. He drops him on his face instead of his head, or he drops him on his head instead of his face. And I was like, "Holy shit!" And I think it's that fucking was the gnarly, of the match. dude. That was, that was like the crazy twisted pile driver. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, dude! Like, what a gnarly fucking move! And that was the end of the match, right? Yes, that was the end of it. Yeah, Susumu won. Fucking a, dude! What a great match. So that I did not have that down as your favorite. Was was that your favorite match? Do you want me to tell you now what my favorite match is, or do you want me to tell you later? Well, yeah, you need to tell me because that I did not have that down as your favorite. This was my favorite match of the show. Really? And I put in my notes it might be better than Taka versus Agula. I fucking okay. love this match. And a big part of it is a big part of why I loved it so much is because I went into it not knowing either guy. And midway through the match, I was completely invested in wanting um, BB Hulk to win. Okay. And, I mean, the guy won me over made me a huge fucking fan. And it was just everything they did looked good. The strikes looked good. Um, it looked like a wrestling. It was a serious wrestling match. You know, they didn't do any stupid shit. Yes. And um, I don't know. I can't say enough good things about it. I love this match. Love it. Okay. And so I, I was way off then. Okay. And I actually wrote in the notes, like, I can't believe that. I'm, and one of the things I really liked, too, is there were a lot of two counts. Like, it seemed like they were trying to win. Because sometimes you see matches where they do a lot of shit, and they never go for a fucking pin. Right. This sort of reminded me of um, Steve Boat and Savage, where it was pin, pin, pin. Like, the referee probably did, like, 18 two counts. Like, they were that, trying to win the match the whole time. That referee got to work out this match. Totally. Yeah, and I think yep. that was... Uh, was that the bald dude? The guy that Jim Cornette calls the corpse referee? Uh, Rick Knox was your referee in the this corpse, match. The yes. corpse referee. Yeah. The corpse. Um, had a, apparently, <laughs> yeah. a few mistaken three counts, and the crowds were chanting, that was three? Yes, BB got a fucking count on him where the crowd thought it was three. And they were chanting at him, that was three. Oh, that's true, just, yeah. I guess this is only the second event, aside from the godforsaken wrestling classic, where there were apparent uh, three counts that were counted as two. <laughs> Watch your tone, Adam. That was the wrestling classic you were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
And kind of the last note I had on this match was I wish Triple H would have signed would have signed BB Hulk. You know, I don't even know if he's still wrestling. I don't think he is. I looked him up, um, but in 2012, because that was when NXT was just becoming a thing. Like he would yes. Have a, like say 2014, he would have been perfect dude. Great look, like great fucking build. Um, you know, athletic as shit. Good hair. Every everything he that dude was a fucking star. You think he should have gotten him instead of Kenta? Yes. Yeah. Because obviously Kenta didn't work out. He didn't work out. Yeah. Maybe this guy. I mean, maybe he would have not worked out either. Who knows? You know. Yeah. But, uh, you never know. But Kenta obviously didn't. It would have been cool to see what BB Hulk could have done. Right. All right. Our next match is a tag match between the Young Bucks and Davey Richards and Harry Smith. So just a little backstory on this. This was supposed to be the Young Bucks versus the American Wolves. Right. Which, if you're not familiar with the American Wolves, that was Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards, who is currently yeah. on the Impact roster. Unfortunately, Eddie Edwards was not able to make the show, so they substituted the guy that Davey, uh, Davey Richards had faced the previous evening on the Superstars show, D.H. Smith. And Davey Richards had actually beaten D.H. Smith the previous evening, so he was his tag team partner for this show. Okay, I didn't know the backstory, but I knew that Eddie Edwards was supposed. They mentioned it several times that Eddie Edwards was supposed to be the guy in the match. Yes. So okay, that's good to know. Um, first thing I thought going into it was this should be good because we have two very well, like three very different styles. Totally. You know, because you got um, Davey Richards and Harry Smith are pretty different, but then the Young Bucks are totally different from them. Yes. Um. The Bucks back then, and they're still this way now, but back then, especially when they were, these guys had to be 160 pounds, right? They were tiny. Like, they looked like children, like they were still growing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> these two skinny. look like yeah. cocky fucking little pricks. Yep. <laughs> Didn't you just, yep. They're very hateable. Serious like, mutton chop action, though. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, but they're more, I thought they were more hateable then than they are now even, because they were just like little shitty fucking scrawny bitches. So I think this is shortly after their impact run where they were Generation Me. Okay. I think this is after that uh, that run. So they by this point, 2012, they had already been in Ring of Honor where they had faced the Briscoes, the American Wolves countless times, and their uh, impact run where they had faced the Motor City Machine Guns. So these guys were okay. already, I mean, by this point, 10 years ago, were already well-traveled. Right. Right. But this was their home. This was PWG. This is where the Young Bucks cut their they cut their chops here. So yeah, because this was from, their home. Uh, Rancho Cucamonga. Rancho Cucamonga, which I almost bought a house in Rancho Cucamonga. Um, Rancho Cucamonga. I remember that. Um, yeah. yeah, I found out when we were at WrestleMania 20 in 2004 that I was not getting the house. Sad. I remember that moment, dude. That was horrible. Uh, it's not sad now. I don't know, but that was a fucking blessing in disguise. Like, that worked out well for you. Worked out great for me. Um, yes. Would yeah. you like to guess what the Young Bucks entrance music was in Pro Wrestling Gorilla? Oh, was they it? were heels. Keep that in mind. Um, spice up your life. You're on the right track, Adam. Would you like to guess? Wannabe. Nope. Uh, if it's 2012, paparazzi. No, but you guys are totally along the right track. Their entrance music in PWG was Mbop by Hanson. Ah! I knew that. I, I, I knew that. I should <laughs> totally should have gotten that. The crowd <laughs> loved it. 
fuck. Just a dick move, right? You're yeah. going to come down to the ring playing fucking Hanson. It was fantastic. Especially when you could play wannabe. Yeah, you could. <laughs> um, Harry early on hits a fucking killer power slam, and I'm like, I marked out so hard because I'm like, dude, I, your dad was so fucking great. Like his fucking dad, and then he hits the 25-second standing suplex, and you're like, God damn it if this isn't Davy Boy. And that, and, that was, I said the and, crowd needs to learn how to count at a proper pace. Now you've established that uh, everyone was hungover from previous night. So when well, he did the power fault. slam, I said, God damn it, I hate when people do this fucking move because it's so stupid and fake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just I don't like when I can see people cooperating. Yeah, I get it. You know, that's just me it. being nitpicky. And you know what? If I were at the show, I'd probably mark out for it. Um, yeah. Cody did that to Ray at 27, and I marked out huge for it. So it's one of those things. I guess if you're there in the moment, it's cool. But watching it on a DVD 10 years later, it sucks. Well, one of the cool moments, and it was a mark out moment for the crowd, was when Davey Boy, or Davey Boy, D.H. Smith hit the power slam, and Davey Richards did the diving headbutt. Which that I was also a- hate. Yeah, but that was a huge British Bulldogs moment. Right. And as a guy that grew up in that era, I popped huge for that. Right, right. Yeah, me too. I mean, I got it. I, I love the British Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, you liked them more than I did, but I loved, I was a huge Bulldogs fan. But yeah, that was really cool. No, it was awesome. It was yeah. awesome. And ultimately, the Young Bucks got the Duke in this with the um, the more bang for your buck. But there was the hot tag moment where Davey takes the beating the entire – or DH. Wait, who took it? Davey, uh, Davey Richards took the beating and then set up the hot tag for DH. And yeah. uh, it, was just, it was great. It was, it was your kind of prototypical face-heel tag. Like, it was clear who the faces were. It yes. was clear who the heels were. This wasn't 100% PWG roster. This was certainly Young Bucks who were mm-hmm. PWG. But Davey Richards at the time was Ring of Honor. DH Smith was a Japan independent guy. So while it wasn't 100% PWG... It was easy to get behind the faces on this one because you wanted to see the Young Bucks get their asses kicked. Totally. So they, the hot- like, they were mm-hmm. very dislikable. Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. But you really wanted to see the faces just whoop their ass, even though they weren't PWG homegrowns. You still mm-hmm. wanted to see them whoop the Young Bucks' ass. Yeah. So that was great. There was that whole element of the hot tag. I thought it was a great tag team match. It was just, again, say what you will about the Young Bucks, but they're entertaining as fuck, dude. I I agree. They're they're really good. There was one part where I think it was after the power slam where Matt yelled for um, Nick. Did you catch that? He's like Nick, like come save me. Yeah, it was just that heelish shit that they did. Right, it was like re- when, when Stan Lane or Bobby Eaton would hug Jim Cornette yeah. back in the day. Like the fans <laughs> fucking hated that shit. But right, now you look right. back and you're like, God damn, that's genius. Mm-hmm. You're you're getting the fans invested, and that's the element that I noticed at that show. The fans were fully invested in this match. You wanted to see the Young Bucks get their ass kicked, and every little thing they did, all their little heel shit, totally resonated. And I was like, these fucking kids know what they're doing, man. Totally. And and you know what? Um, one thing I don't think they get enough credit for is they're really good at heels. Like, in AEW, they started out as faces. They turned heel like a year, year and a half ago. Yeah. And they've been really good heels. But they're tiny. 
like normally the small dudes are the baby faces, like the yes. sympathetic baby faces who get their ass kicked by the bigger guys. Yep. For being little dudes, they're really good at getting hated, you know. And like I wasn't, I didn't really like them that much as faces, but when they turned heel, I was like, these guys, these kids are fucking. I shouldn't call them kids because they're like five years younger than me. But uh, <laughs> they're still kids, dude. I was like, these kids are fucking good, man. And watching this match, and especially like seeing them like so early in their career, I was like, wow, like they had it back then. Like yes, they, they got did. It, you yep. know, um, remember I was telling you about the Young Bucks too. You were right around the same time. Um, what was the finish? That was where Davey took a kick to the mailbox when the ref wasn't looking. And yes. Then one of the Bucks did the rolling crucifix deal. The other one hits a 450, and then that one hit a moon salt, and that was. The, it was more was bang it. for your buck. Yeah. So they had gotten like, DH boom, out boom, the boom. ring. Yeah, it was very, very fast. So let's kind of review where we're at so far. We're three matches in. Yeah. Right? We've already seen Brian Cage. He's on the AEW roster. Yes. Now we have seen the Young Bucks, who are basically the vice presidents of AEW, I guess. I'm not sure what their actual title is, but they're 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 the the high-profile tag team or... High-profile inaugural tag team of AEW. I would classify them as that. Yeah. So a show 10 years ago, here you go with three big names, three big AEW names already featured in three matches. Yeah. And there's more to come. Yeah. Oh, many more to come. Really quick. uh, Davey Richards totally missed a coup de grace on Nick. I just thought that was funny. Oh, he missed it by about a foot, but Nick sold it like Yokozuna hit him with the coup de grace. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, oh, my God. Like, could you imagine? Oh, if you'd seen it from a different angle, you'd be like, oh, my God, dude, I think he killed him. But from that angle, <laughs> he you're He like, his guts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're like, he didn't even come any, anywhere close to hitting him. I also just like how you mentioned that they've already been tenured because same thing. I had I I would have been convinced that Rancho Cucamon would go, go to... Go to LAX. Okay, I guess they're just starting out. But, yeah, just using the ring and having that theatrics about them and actual concern and emphasis to win the match, I think uh, they performed, Young Bucks performed very well. Totally. Yes, they did. Yeah. All right, Adam, set up the next match while I pee again. This is unbelievable. I'm this not is allowed two to pee bags in the house anymore. I got in trouble. Dude, we're like an hour that- into this show. He's had to pee twice. As opposed to pooing once. Right. I feel like we're recording with bad grandpa. He's fucking having a pee hella times. He's probably going to cut that out. We'll see. All right, well, fuck him. Let's get to the next match. No rookie Doi versus Willie Mack. What did you think of that? I thought that this was a fun match. This was, I guess, like more of... uh, innovation of the theatrics that the Young Bucks did. Willie Mack is just so self-centered. There was one point where Nuki grabbed his hair and goes, ah, he's got my fro! Don't touch the fro, bro. Yes. So, I don't know if you could tell, but Willie Mack was a huge face in PWG. The crowd loved Willie Mack. This crowd being no exception. I think there were some Willie Mack shirts at ringside. He was highly entertaining. I could see... I can see like he is like Keith Lee. Like he, Yes, very like, much so. Yes. He's big, he is very mobile, and what a fucking character he is. Yeah, very agile, could do the big moves, could do uh-huh. the high flying moves, very entertaining, and I love that they had the crowd invested because again, 
while Willie Mack is a PWG guy, Naruki Doi is not a PWG guy. He's a Dragon Gate guy. So here's a Dragon Gate versus PWG. This is your first matchup like this on the show. You would think that it would be heavily one-sided with the crowd, but it wasn't. It was very much a 50-50 crowd. And I loved it that the crowd would say Naruki Doi and then they'd say Willie Mack. And Doi's getting into it at one point and the, the crowd doesn't say his name and he gets hella mad at them. <laughs> like, I thought that that was the crowd that interaction in this was fantastic. Was cool. Yes. I loved their crowd interaction during this match. It was great. I'm back. I agree. That was really cool. The crowd was totally into this. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. Being a part of this match, it was fun because both guys had near falls throughout the entire thing. And you're thinking, fuck, this is like Willie Mack's going to take an L here. And you never knew what was going to be the finish because just big move after big move. I loved it. Yeah, you and I saw Willie Mack at that um, APW show at the Cow Palace a few years ago. Oh, right. Remember? Yes. And I'd never seen I didn't know who he was. I never heard of him. never seen him. Um, What happened to him? So apparently he had a deal with WWE at one point. Okay, because I was wondering why he didn't have a deal with WWE. He did, and for some reason or another it fell apart, and I don't have the details on that as to why. And <laughs> excuse me. And after that deal fell apart, he sh- he signed with Impact. Okay. So he showed up on their show. So Willie Mack was actually on Impact, and I don't know why the WWE thing fell apart. I don't know where he would be in WWE currently. Adam compared him to Keith Lee. We all know how that ended up. Um, it's, it's just racist. unfortunate because she <laughs> go back and watch this match. <laughs> kind of. I was rolling his eyes. <laughs> blow over that. already God gave damn me it. crap over the Valentine's Day episode. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm like, it's like an embodiment. Of, I'm just going to make this worse fight. Keep describing it. But still, <laughs> what a normal fucking character he was. And he was good. Well, how many guys his size can do a nip-up? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's guys smaller than him that do that shit. And here's Willie Mack pulling totally. the Shawn Michaels out of his playbook. He was super athletic. He kind of totally. reminded me of Bam Bam, actually. Oh, totally, dude. And had he stuck with it, made it into the WWE, hit the big time, who knows? He could be in our conversation of best big man. So I didn't know that he had signed with WWE. And I actually had in my notes that if he'd have lost 40 pounds, he would have. But it wasn't totally necessary that he did because they signed Kevin Owens. I know, but that, they signed you know, Bray Wyatt, right? But there's only there's only so many there's only so much room for so many guys of any body type, right? So like True. you can have Kane and Undertaker; those were the two big, big, tall guys, right? You can have Owens and Keith Lee, and that's it. And you can have Ray and Finn Balor as the small guys. And then you have the regular size guys, which a regular size guy in WWE is still 6'1", 6'2", and 225. Right. But those kind of extreme size guys, you can only have so many of them. I'm not saying I, I feel that way, but I'm saying that's sort of the WWE philosophy. Because you need to keep those guys special. Right. And I want to say that Makes Willie sense. Mack yeah. had the deal fall apart around 2015, 2016, somewhere in there. And he was supposed to show up, and for whatever reason, it was the deal was canceled. Okay. And then he went into Impact. But you go back and you watch this match, and you're like, fuck, what a missed opportunity, man. Good fucking wrestler, dude. Great really? wrestler, yes, and had the connection with the crowd. You can't teach that, dude. the connection with the crowd. Yeah, I mean, he kind of, he was sort of, he was one of those guys that looked wrong for wrestling, but had it. You know what I mean? Like, yes, he did. Like, he was like, yeah. a, you know what he was? He was like Mick Foley. 
Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like Mick mm-hmm. Foley should not have been the guy that the crowd liked or should not have been that big of a star. That's what I thought about Willie Mack. I was like, he doesn't look like a star at all, but neither did Mick. It, well, right. Even, well, he's, he's Mick Cole, with athleticism. Really. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and he was great. It, I loved this match. I thought it really showcased what Willie could do. And mm-hmm. I think the match told a great story. Like you thought he was down after those three elbow drops by Doi. Yeah. And Not you're enough. like, that's it. He's toast. And he fucking kicked out, hit a chocolate thunderbomb. Boom. Game over. Willie Mack wins. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really good finish, too, because it was just like boom, boom, boom. And yes. it was over. Yep. Yeah. I like that. That was actually my favorite part of the match was the finish. It was like so sudden, you know? Yeah. It came together really nicely. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, the only thing, I, honestly, the only thing I didn't like about this match is Willie did a leg drop. And you could see how much bounce there was in the ring. Because he bounced like a foot and a half. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, God damn. What, do they have an airbag under this shit? Like jackass? There was one part where he he headbutted Naruki and he looked like he knocked himself silly for a little bit. It was kind of like like, uh, Street Fighter when uh, the stars uh, fly around and you can't operate your character. I I pictured that for like three seconds. Uh, next match is a multi-person tag team match. Peter Avalon, Demas316, Ray Rosas, and Joey Ryan versus, okay. Okay. versus Cedric Alexander, Candice LeRae, B-Boy, and Mascarita Dorada. Two more main roster people. Technically three if you count Petey Avalon in uh, AEW. But here you got Candice and uh, Cedric showing up. Okay. Yeah. We're not counting Peter Avalon as a main event or, or any shit. Like he's that, in AEW, dude. He's in AEW, but he's never on TV, dude. Honestly, I'm not sure he's ever had a match on Dynamite. Uh, he's just there. But he was one he's of the first guys on the AEW roster. Yeah, he's someone's fucking buddy who got a job. Um, okay, so okay, to get into Peter Avalon, I'll start with the beginning of my notes. The first note of mine is what the fuck. <laughs> I knew that was going to be your first note. The second note is I can already tell I'm not going to like this match. We have a fucking midget, a juggalo I'm not sure is not a midget, a chick, the dick flipping rapist, and Peter fucking Avalon. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my next note is I love Candace, but I would rather see her against a chick. And this is a waste of Cedric. So I don't know if you know this or not, but Candace in PWG, mm-hmm. her nemesis was Joey Ryan. And that's I do because, know that. Okay, so Joey Ryan trained her. That makes right. so much more sense. Jesus. And they had a years-long match. Yeah, they had a years-long feud, which made sense because he was her trainer. They would train all the time together. He knew how to take her move. She He's knew how a to take pervert. But now that makes it more yes. creepy. Fuck. Yes. So knowing what we know now. So when I was watching this in 2012, I was like, this makes sense. It's trainer and trainee. They're taking care of each other. Right. Now you find all this, you know, years later, you find all this shit out about Joey Ryan. And you're like, mm-hmm. God damn it. You're watching the moves that she's taking. The fucking boobplex. She's giving him the dickplex. And you're like, fuck. Yeah, let's just skip Gross. right in. We, we can just skip right into that shit. I had a few notes for early on, but right, let's just go straight to that. Um, early on, it was just... Well, the fr- one note before we get to that is it was a weird match because every time someone tagged out, the other person tagged out. 
so I knew this was your least favorite match. I see. I knew you were going to know that. When when the smallest of the people in this match started doing the flippy around shit. Right. Also, when you sent me a video of that. <laughs> I did send you I knew immediately this was going to be your least favorite match. And yeah. I'm like, I wonder if Eddie actually finished this thing or if he just fast forwarded it. I couldn't fast forward it because... Um, I saved it as a video uh, as a video file on the iPad, so it was kind of hard to fast forward it. Like if I could do the double click and skip 15 seconds and then 30 seconds, I probably would have skipped the fucking thing. But it was kind of tricky to skip it, so I I was forced to watch this match. So if you had fast forwarded it, you would have missed some really good stuff from Cedric, which we all know and love. Cedric, main roster guy. Candace had some great spots in here. We all know and love Candace. Yes. Uh, PD Avalon. Congratulations, new mom. Yes, Petey congratulations. Petey Avalon looked like he wasn't done growing. In this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and dude, he still looks like that. Ten years later, he still looks like the same fucking guy. Right, and we know him from fucking um, Hood Slam. Yes, exactly. And he's a clown in Hood in Hood Slam. He can barely get booked. You know what I mean? <laughs> in there, he's a fucking jobber. So now he's an AEW and a <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess this would kind of be like, go take your leak during this match. It wasn't even that... It was an entertaining match. So I watched this pay-per-view twice. I watched it about two weeks ago, and then yesterday and today at work, I watched it again to like kind of refresh myself on the notes. And watching it back today, I, or yesterday, I liked it more. But I still hated it. Um, yeah, like I said, knew watching this was going to be your least favorite. Right, like you said, like Joey Ryan like suplexing Candace by her tits. Yeah. Was I don't think I would have liked that anyway, but knowing what you know about Joey Ryan... And I'm like, man, I wonder. I would love to hear what Candace thinks about this, you know? And she's been tight-lipped, dude. And that's the thing right, is like, okay, he's... Anything. Yeah, well, at the time in 2012, you're thinking he's playing a character, right? And then you find out that, oh, shit, like, that's him in real life. Right, he's not really <laughs> playing a character, yeah. He's not really playing a character. That's fucking him. Did and not that, like that, yeah. Yeah, and then you go back and watch it now, and you're like, oh, man, just... Yeah, and mm. I'm like, so, like, if you break down what wrestling is, you're watching a simulated fight, Right now, he suplexes her by her tits. Now you're watching a simulated sexual assault. Right, and now it's really weird and uncomfortable. And I'm and like, creepy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Candace better get the goddamn pin, and skip to the end of the match. She gets the pin by suplexing, suplexing his dick. But it was just fucking. And then Peter Avalon pinned her with his dick. And yeah, all this weird dude. shit, and I was like, man, it, it just really felt like they. It really felt to me like they put a chick in the match so they could do shit like that to her. Because there was no, re they could have had a chick on their team. You know what I mean? There was no reason for them to not have a chick on their team. Or I mean, maybe there was storyline wise, but it was just fucking. I don't know. The whole thing was just gross. So here's my notes on this match. There's midget tossing. Yes. Joey Ryan is being totally inappropriate doing a boobplex. Yeah. Candace takes a dick in the face pin by Peter Avalon, gets yeah. spanked by the large midget, who also right. bites her stomach. Right. Which I would never mind. Go ahead. Yeah, let's 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 not get into what you would do to Candace. She's a new mom. Let's keep that in mind. Joey oh, Ryan would, gets his ass exposed, then. showing his thong. Avalon Which was funny. Yes, what's well, like a, that Shawn Michaels bit, right? You get your ass shown. Oh, ha ha ha! Then you get Avalon's face shoving it into his ass, and then then you do the sixty nine spot. Uh, yes, and that's what I kind of ended with. Like that tells you everything. So this is like your comedic relief match, 
right? If anything, if you go back and watch this DVD, which I highly recommend that you do, this may be the match that you take it with a grain of salt, understand that it was 10 years ago. A pillar of salt, yes. Understand what it was at the time before we knew all the stuff that we know now. And this is kind of like your piss break, maybe. This is maybe like your comedic match, like your Doink the Clown versus Jerry Lawler with all the midgets in their corner match. Like, take it as that and nothing more. But Cedric's in it, so there's that. Cedric's in it. Um, and and Candace, which who's great. Candace is great. Yes, yes, um, she is. Still yeah. learning at this point, but you can already tell there's something there. She has potential. Totally, totally. She was hitting and great moves. Honestly, the biggest thing I took away from this match is I saw something I thought I'd never see. The guys doing the serious wrestling were the midgets. Yeah. Right. <laughs> never. And seen I think that that's before. all we have to say about that. That's all I got to say about that. And moving, then we're moving on to the next, on. To the next no, fucking disaster. Uh, oh, hey, easy, Turbo. I like this match. Okay. Just because there was no finger of doom, I'm just saying. Oh, Jesus. Adam. Sorry, sorry. All right. Blood Warriors versus Rockness Monsters. So the Blood Warriors was Ricochet and Sema. Right. And um, t- both Dragon Gate guys. Now, tell me about the oh, Rock Nest Monsters. Oh, Ricochet Dragon Gate. Okay. So the Rock Nest Monsters. Because I love that name. Johnny Goodtime, Johnny Yuma, basically just like, <laughs> I guess they're like 2012's version of Matt Riddle. Like you're carefree, <laughs> but like rock fans. Do you like, think they had to fight over who got to be named Johnny U- Goodtime? Because <laughs> Johnny Yuma sucks. Yeah, sounds like a video game character. <laughs> right. Or the guy on, like, the team that's going to kill Predator. He's, like, the first one offed. <laughs> the black guy. Like, Johnny Yuma. Like, he's the first one offed by the Predator. But I love, dude, I love the Rock Nest Monsters. I actually had seen them the year previous at the at Kurt Russell Reunion 2 and fell in love with the tag team. Okay, so at the beginning of this match, I loved the Rock Nest Monsters, too. At the beginning of a match, you did? Yes. Okay. What turned? So what happened was it started out as a pretty good match, like a good tag team match. Then it turned into, like, bullshit. They went into, like, a human centipede spot Yeah. in the corner for no reason. Like, yeah. it didn't even make sense. Like, the yeah. logistics of it were, like, you can't do this, and you're all cooperating, and like this guy's eating his ass, and that guy's eating that guy's ass, and I'm sure that's, I'm sure they're all having a good time. I blame PWG for that because they did some similar shit in the previous match. Wait, they did more than one human centipede? Uh, well, no, something similar. I mean, in like, okay, so one guy's head was shoved into another one's ass, and then it turned into a 69. Oh, right. So, okay, now it's even worse. Now two matches in a row, you got fucking like. Dick going in. Right, but I blame PWG for that. Like, But right. that's the thing is that the crowd responded to that. That's a beer-drinking crowd. They got a good laugh out of that. Maybe this wasn't the match to throw that in, but the Rock Nest Monsters were like, you're, you're feel-good, laugh at them, but then they could kick ass in the ring and did some really entertaining shit. So I feel you're right when you said maybe this isn't the match. This match should have gone on second instead of second to last. 
Okay. You know, like early in the show was the spot for a comedy match, and this that's kind of what this ended up being, which is too bad because Ricochet is so fucking good. He uh, is, but this is before Ricochet got really good. Like, you saw the tip of the iceberg in this match when he was still a Dragon Gate guy. Right, when he before, moved... it's before uh, Vader buried him. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Before the Will Ossipre shit. Right. Or the Zack Sabre Jr. It's Ospreay? It's not Osprey? Uh, uh, well, Osprey, Osprey. What how do I you thought it was like Osprey like the bird. Oh, maybe that's correct. Um so it was Ricochet cool. later on would adopt so do you know that move where Johnny Goodtime drops the dude, the other guy is on the outside of the ring and he leaps over the corner post? Yeah. From the inside of the ring leaps over the corner post onto the guy. Ricochet okay. adopted that move like literally within 6 to 7 months of this match. Okay. Yeah, it was a cool match. I didn't dislike the match, but it was just it, it started out really cool. They did a lot of cool tag team moves, but eventually it got to the point where it was like suddenly it's a Texas Tornado match. Nobody's tagging anymore. The referee completely lost control. That's kind um, of uh, par for the course with PWG. It I starts know, out as a one standard of those, tag and devolves. And that's one of the things I really dislike about, in general, most indie uh, promotions. Okay. Is they don't respect the rules. And they, they bury the ref. Um, yeah, like it's his fault, right? Right. Um, I mean, it was cool. But um, I forgot who the fuck even won this match. Rock Nest Monsters did with like a backpack drop kind of thing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of just like the main note I have for the end of the match is it was a bit of an emotional roller coaster because I went from not knowing who the Rock Nest Monsters were to loving them. And then kind of hating them a little bit by the end. <laughs> so maybe you need to see a little bit more of their work. Maybe. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed They were an entertaining tag team. But I think earlier placement on the card, as you said earlier, mm -hmm. suited them better as to later in the card where you're starting to ramp up to your main event. Things need to be a little more serious, like you're getting to that. Maybe the Rock Nest Monsters weren't suited for that spot on the card. For sure, for sure. Okay, I, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, and coming up next, we have a serious match. And see, this is the one, the next one coming up, I thought was your favorite on the card. Wrong. Yeah, no, I know that but, now, but I thought this was your favorite match. It's my second favorite, so that was a good guess. Okay. There was just one part of that match where there was the Blood Warriors hit some double backstabbers. I liked it. Oh, they were badass, dude. And I think Seema is highly underrated. He's been featured on AEW a few times. Um, really? Seema, yeah. Huh. Okay. Seema is highly underrated. That oh, guy you would see his matches go. if you watch wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, oh, I've seen Seema's matches. Come on now. <laughs> Next match is Masaki Mochizuki versus Roderick Strong. Another main card guy. Here you go. Yep, and going into this, era. I was like, anything with Roddy Strong is good. It's very good, and you that's the thing wrong. with Roddy. I was actually surprised when WWE picked him up. Because of his size? I, um, Not only his size, but he was more of like, kind of like your straight, like almost like a Bret Hart type. Like yeah. more of a straight-ahead wrestler, kind of dry on the personality. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think he really fit what WWE was looking for. But look at him. He's still on the fucking NXT roster. Well, He's outlasted all of his Undisputed Era teammates. Yeah. 
He's but still remember, there. He, he's still on television. Remember early on they did those really cool video packages about him as a child and him and like how he got into wrestling and all that. Yes. Did, did you that to me, like when he when he showed up, I'd know I'd seen him in Ring of Honor. Yes. Um and maybe maybe TNA. I don't remember if he was there or not. But I don't remember I was very TNA. Well aware of him. Um, but I was I was kind of like, oh, Cole, Roderick Strong, whatever. I didn't really care that he was there. I was like, he's a good wrestler, but whatever. They made those video packages, and suddenly I was completely invested in this guy. I was like, fucking yeah. A, man. And yeah. that was one of those things where I was like, this is where WWE excels, and they do, they're better than anyone at this specific thing. When they invest in someone, and they do, they put the whole fucking thing behind them, they're stellar. And um, they can get anyone over. And that's what they did with Roddy Strong with me. And then, um, dude, about a year after that, I met him in Phoenix at the bar. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was at the NXT. The, so we went to Phoenix for the Royal Rumble. And we stayed at the NXT hotel. And we were upstairs at the bar drinking. And Roddy Strong was there. Did you get to talk to him? Uh, I just went up and took a picture with him. I was just like, hey, what's up, man? Can I get a picture? And he, he did the Undisputed Era thing. Nice. Um, I did nice. not get a picture with his wife because who the fuck would want it? <laughs> you didn't want to be made fun of. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, dude, you took a picture with the waitress? <laughs> yeah. I deleted enough pictures. <laughs> Jesus. Will you stop? <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, you, this is a fucking killer match, dude. It is. It's, like, if you want to see what Roderick Strong can do in the ring, what mm-hmm. he's capable of, not a five-minute television match right. shaved down for time. If you want to see Roddy at full display, watch this match. Yeah. Watch um, his Ring of Honor stuff because that is full display what Roddy is capable of. The dude totally. is fucking incredible in the ring. Yeah, and in NXT, most of his like matches that went more than seven eight minutes were with Undisputed Era. Yes, exactly. It wasn't just him in the ring. He was capable of so much more, but he did what was asked of him. Yeah. Um, it had a bit of a slow start, but I never mind a slow start because that gives you room to build. Right. This like, was a, a classic, like strong style match. Right. Like it was hard hitting. There were submission moves. There were your high spots where you needed them. Mm-hmm. But this it was almost like both guys were just like perfectly matched. So kudos to PWG and Dragon Gate for recognizing that and putting these two guys in the ring together. This was actually my favorite match on the card. Okay. Yeah. Um, I love the pacing of it. Yes. And it's like that's one of the things that a lot of times people... A lot of matches just like boom, 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 boom. They just go fucking balls to the wall the whole time and you can't do that it doesn't really work you gotta you gotta know when to slow down it's kind of like a slayer song right like slayer plays like the fastest fucking songs but they know when to slow down because when you slow down the fast parts mean more yeah also you just can't go that fast for that long so that's what i that was making a marathon not a sprint exactly and that's what that match this match reminded me of it was just like perfectly paced but and, and also at the same time, that's kind of how this card was paced overall. Like you that, had your fast-paced matches, like the tag team ones, and then you were sprinkled in something like BB Hulk. Yeah. And then something like this with Roderick Strong. That's it true. Was, it, it just it set a good pace to the card overall. Yeah, 
And it was good that this led into your main event because that was batshit crazy. But this set a good pace for what was that main event. Right. The main event we're going to get to is out of control. But this is a wrestling match. Yes, exactly. If you want a wrestling match, fucking watch this match. It was so damn good. My favorite match on the card. It's one of those matches that could exist in, in any era. Yes. You know, like this could have been in the 70s or 80s. Nobody would have been like, oh, this is stupid. Yeah. And Um, I think it really showcased Roddy for what he could do. mm -hmm. And man, what a fucking... He didn't get the win, but dude, what a match. So great. Yeah. Um, To get into a couple of the spots, he did a really cool backbreaker across the top turnbuckle. Yes. Like instead of across his knee, he dropped him across the top turnbuckle. Um he did an Olympico slam, which is what Trademark. stupid Excalibur called it. Trademarking. That's an Olympic Angle. slam, right? Like, that yeah. was not called. That's not a move from Mexico. That's Kurt it, Angle's move. They just yeah. had to right? spice it Fucking up. Excalibur, dude. Every move has to be fucking from Mexico or Japan. Fuck him. <laughs> um, even if it's from Pittsburgh. <laughs> Um, and then in the end, it was like, yeah, Roddy took three kicks to the face and an axe kick to the top of the head. Off the fucking top rope. Well, no, no. That was on the floor. Then Masaki um, hit the second rope, spun around, kicked him in the fucking face. Oh, and yeah. Pinned him. And it was kind of cool because the finish came from out of nowhere. It really did. Like, okay, Roddy's going to kick out of this. And it was a three count. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like, that was game. And I didn't hate that at all. I liked that. I thought that yep. was pretty cool to see that you just get fucking caught with a big fucking kick to the head and get pinned. Yeah, he fucking attacked his brain, and then that was it. <laughs> yeah, he fucking smokes his fucking brain. Yep. Pretty much Done. My, my big one about this whole match is, like, I just remember, I guess, suddenly with NXT. Suddenly, when did all these quick strikes and uh, consistent super kicks and finishers being treated as regular moves start? This was just a great foundation for that. Totally. Or, or totally. just still wondering, like, when did that start? Roger Stahn had, and, well, and uh, Masaki Mochizuki had something here. But still, it's around this time. This whole group had a great uh, great contribution to Great that. match, great match. And there's the bell telling us to go home. And Perfect we're timing. about 20 minutes over where we sh- I should have been hitting that bell. But, um, but it's that's a all right. podcast. And uh, I'm going to pee while you set up the next match, Adam. This This is our our main event of the night where where Scott and Jeff had uh, ringside seats to watch the greatness and the craziness that was the PWG champion, El Generico, Pac, and... uh, Yoshino. And Yoshimo versus Kevin Steen. Super Dragon, uh, they are the tag champs, uh, partnering with Akira Tozawa. So, Adam, out of these six guys, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Akira Tozawa, Akira Tozawa and Pac, Pac is in APW, and, it's, and Super Dragon is still booking uh, PWG. And I don't know what Yoshino's up to, but man, some star power in this Loaded match, dude. In this one. Yes, absolutely. I mean, different. I mean, literally, uh, Sammy and Kevin, they're, they have their, they go their own ways, but they still find their way to get come back together. But, yeah, two years previous, they had had yeah. that killer match in a Ring of Honor. You know, they had like mm-hmm. a huge blood feud. These guys have been enemies forever. 
And I just like when when the fans chant "Fight Forever," I honestly think they're talking about Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Like these guys have fought for as long as I can remember, and I love it. I don't want I don't ever want them to stop. If we're gonna lose Daniel Bryan versus The Miz in WWE, this is a great replacement for that. Yes, and Adam, to kind of piggyback what you were saying about star power, this is your PWG heavyweight champion, and these are your PWG tag team tag champions. Champs. Yep. So all so of the PWG and star power in yes. one match. Yes, exactly. And this is a big deal. So Super Dragon had only come back two months previous. He had been gone for a long time due to injury. And he came back at one of the PWG shows. What the fuck, dude? What? That's loud as hell. What's going on over there? Oh, sorry. Nothing. Sorry. Go ahead. What is that? On the mic. Were you peeing? Yeah, I'm. I'm winning a beer. Sorry. Okay. All right. (laughs) So Super Dragon had just returned a few months previous to this, and as we kind of talked about earlier at the December show, Steen Wolf. Kevin Steen and Super Dragon won the tag team titles from the Young Bucks. Steen and Super Dragon clearly the faces. Young Bucks clearly the heels. But one month later at this show, they're the, the heels. roles. Yeah, the roles reversed immediately, and Super Dragon and Kevin Steen are your heels. So kind of confusing when they did that. They flipped the script a little bit on us. But I think it was really setting up for Kevin Steen or Super Dragon to face El Generico for the heavyweight title of PWG. I could definitely see uh, Kevin going for it because what a smartass throughout the entire match. Oh, totally. Oh, totally. he's a total smartass. There was the oh, one. Yeah. There was the part where he's yelling at Generico that he's let himself go. <laughs> <laughs> As he's all Joe's stomach on the apron. Right, he's a big fat fuck out of shape. <laughs> he's yelling at fucking Generico. Generico's got a six pack, and Steen's yelling at him that he's let himself go. Well, <laughs> you know, Steen is at his best when he's talking shit. Right. He is so good, either standing on the apron in a tag team match or inside the ring kicking somebody's ass. He's got the gift, dude. He yeah. can just fucking riff, and it's all spur of the moment. Nothing is predetermined with him. He just can fucking riff. Mm-hmm. That's what made him so good. Totally. Like I loved when he would do shit like that. And it just it built into his character of just being a total smartass and I loved it. I want to um, say like half of it I could barely hear, but apparently it was good. Oh yeah, sitting ringside, Jeff and I up. were fucking dying yeah. the whole match, dude. It was so great. Um, was it just me or did Generico look huge next to the rest of his team? Well, okay, so oh, Yoshino... Sense. He was pretty tall compared to... Him. Yes, he was pretty tall compared to those guys. I mean, you look at Pac, he's not an intimidating figure. I mean, he's right. got the build, but like stature-wise, like height, he's not hella tall. Yeah, but and, in WWE, Generico looks like small compared to guys. But over well, there, I was, like, I was like, fuck, man, he's like a giant. Well, that's your difference between the WWE roster versus like your PWG and Dragon Gate roster, right? Right, like, right. You may look big on that show, but then you get to the main WWE roster, you look kind of small. Yeah. yeah but yeah, uh, you're totally right. He did look like a giant in this match. Yeah. Um, pretty early on, all six all six guys go outside, and then they wrestle into the crowd. And yeah. I was like, this is the first time we've seen this, and that's fucking good booking. Yes, you didn't need a lot of that during the course. Now, there were a few spots where guys like move the guardrail right. earlier. But and someone to, did a dive into the crowd, but it was just a simple... I forget who it was, but it was just a simple dive. Well, it was during the eight-person tag match. Okay. 
And yes, they didn't battle into the crowd. That was saved for this match, and you're absolutely right. You do it every match, it loses its flavor. You do it in the main event, it means something. Totally, yeah. And they did that on this card, and I loved that. Right, and that's one of those things. Like A lot of indie shows just want to like throw fucking everything at the crowd every minute. This was a really well-booked indie show. Absolutely. It had that pace that you were talking about earlier. When you hit the gas pedal all the way down the entire show, you wear the crowd out. You save your spots. You pace it. They did so good from match to match on this one. And then they saved a lot of good shit for this match. And it really it told a story, man. And it really set up later on that you could do Super Dragon or Kevin Steen versus El Generico for that heavyweight title. Totally, yeah. Um, now, when they were wrestling outside, they mentioned that Wilder Valderrama was in the front row. That was false. Was he there? No. The guy that they were referencing, and I kind of call him like the happy-go-lucky guy, because oh. if you watch, <coughs> excuse me, if you watch a lot of those DVDs from like 2011, 2012, 2013, there's an Asian dude at ringside who okay. does this little dance where he waves his right and left arms alternately up in the air. Like he's dancing, and he kind of if he's at ringside where the where you can pound on the mat, he'll pound on the mat with them. But that was him, and they called him Valderrama. They were completely incorrect. Okay, because I it's always been kind of legendary that celebrities go to PWG. Like I know um, Sofia Vergara's been there. Yeah, Joe Maggiano too. Joe Maggiano, not Maggiano. Joe Manganello. 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 Right. Oh, Manganella, yeah, the guy that was in True Blood. Right, right. Or Magic then, Mike, or Deathstroke. Yeah, and uh, the chick from uh, Community. Who's that? The blonde one, or Allison Brie? I think Allison Brie went to that. Miss Marvel? No, no. that's Brie... That's oh, that's Brie, Brie Larson. Brie Larson, Brie Larson is, is uh, Miss Marvel. Allison oh. Brie is the chick from uh, Glow. Okay, I didn't see uh, Outside Actually, of Wrestlers. That would make sense what? if she's there. I didn't see any. Is that uh, Allison Brie? No, Brie Larson's not Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel's not a character that's out yet. Captain yeah. Marvel. Captain Marvel. Oh, Topanga was uh, also a PWG mark. Yeah, Topanga was there. Yeah, but no, there were no celebrities that I can recall at this show. Was Balky ever there? I wish. Okay. Could have done the happy dance. Yeah. Or no, no, no the dance, the of, dance joy. of joy. Dance of joy. <laughs> I wouldn't have recognized him though, because we're perfect strangers. Ah, yes. What a bad pun. You're welcome. Yeah, that'd be cool. You go there, uh, Balky what? and Cousin Larry are there. Not Hella would have taken a picture with Balky. I was like, dude, I loved you in True Romance. <laughs> True Romance? Yeah. That's a Quentin Tarantino movie, right? Well, he wrote the script. Mm. But he, yeah, he it, it's not considered one of his films. Okay, he sold that script, like Killing Zoe. I don't know that. Okay, is that a porno? <laughs> yeah, but it's a very specific type of porno that like um, I don't want to talk about because <laughs> I don't. The, the cops are going to come here <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't need that. This episode's getting out of control. What the fuck are we even talking about anymore? That's what we do here. All right, I'll let's just go back. back. Masaru Shimo, Kevin Steen, Super Dragon, and Akira Kagome. <laughs> so they go out, they go out of the, uh, into the crowd. Generico hits uh, Tornado DDT on Steen into the crowd, yep. which was awesome. 
And then a Super Dragon takes a power bomb onto the apron from Kevin Steen. Which... Not Super Dragon. That was his partner. Oh, no. Um, sorry. Uh, Generico. Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah. How and many times have you taken that fucking move? Did Generico sink it back in the ring? And I really love this part because it was sort of like the match we started. You know what yep. I mean? Like everyone else is dead outside or yes. fucked up. And you get Kevin Owens or Kevin Steen and Generico inside the ring just like, let's go, bitch. Yep. And just start punching the shit out of each other. And uh, those guys were, even back then, were fucking great together. Yes. And this is what I was telling you way back when. Like, dude. Like, and I wasn't even just hyping up Kevin Steen. I'm like, you and I, and I've been saying this to you for years. We need to go to a PWG show, dude. Like, these fucking guys tear it up. You are missing out. And this is what I was trying to tell you about. Like, you go back and watch this now. You're like, fuck, man. Like, these guys were just, they were so good. No surprise they're on the WWE roster now. Right. They go into a long part where they're getting heat on El Generico. And the whole time I'm thinking, damn it. Why is this guy wearing a fucking mask, man? Like, he's so... Even even with the mask, he's so good. Like, he's got huge sympathy. And imagine yeah. how much better it would be if you could see his face. Telling a story with your face instead of hanging under a mask. Like, and, Cornette was right, dude. Yeah, right. Corny tried to get him to take off the mask. And he was like, no, I don't want to lose the mask. And then he loses the mask. And now he's like... He just re-signed with WWE for... Making millions of dollars. Right. He's going to make huge fucking money. And Cornette was right. And I thought the same thing because I'd seen Generico before. And I was like, man, this guy's good. But, like, he, El Generico? Really? What the fuck? Yeah, That's a yeah. stupid fucking gimmick. Yeah. But you know what? I was guilty of that. I'm like, if, if, if you had told me back then there's more money in Sami Zayn than mm-hmm. El Generico, I would have told you you're fucking high. Because right. I loved El Generico. Watching this matches like this, watching his final battle 2010 against Kevin Steen, I'm like, no fucking way. This dude is money as it is. But I was wrong. Yeah. He's better as Sami Zayn. Totally, totally. Um, Steen gets in the ring. He gives Pac one of the gnarliest hangman DDTs he's ever seen off the top rope. Oh, my God. That was fucked up. Pac rolled into it and landed on his ass sitting straight up, which I've never seen before. Yeah. Um, super cool. Dazed him. <laughs> um, then, uh, what, Yoshida dropkicked Steen and landed into a um, senton on uh, Dragon. Yes. Which was a cool move. Well, that was actually a Super Dragon move, too. That was the best part of it. Oh, was it? Yes, Super Dragon would do that shit. Oh, okay. I don't know that. Yeah, it was like the two-footed land-on-your-back dropkick, but you hit your opponent, and then you land on his partner. Okay. Um, so to get into the finish of the match, they do that thing where everyone takes everyone out with a different move, like that yeah. spot, which I'm normally not big into. That It reminds me of the Divas Division, but... In this match, it made perfect sense because it was sort yeah. of like leading up to the end. It was kind of like take everyone out of the match, and the crowd went fucking banana. Yeah. Um, and then they sort of kind of get 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 it back together. A million things happen, and Generico catches Tozawa with a hell of a uh, haluva kick. Yep. Pac hits that crazy fucking flip thing for the win. Red yeah. arrow. That was it. And like, what a fucking finish, man. I love that finish. Yeah, it was and, I mean, like, at ringside, I was super disappointed because obviously I wanted Steen's team to win. I was wearing a Super Dragon mask. Like, I was all 100% their team. But that finish was so fucking good, I even stood and applauded. And I, like, when, when uh, Generico, like, reared up for that kick, I marked out so hard. Like, the intensity he hit that with was fucking phenomenal. Like, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't the actual last move. But the way it set it up was just so badass, dude. It was so yep. cool the way he did that. It yep. reminded me of when he won the uh, NXT title against Puck. 
Oh actually, yeah, that's right. Right where you saw him, like right before he hit that, where it was like, "I'm going to retire or leave NXT if I don't win this match." Yep. And you could kind of see it in his face, and even in this match, like that's how much charisma this guy has. He was wearing a fucking mask, and he just had this intensity that really came across the screen and hit you, and you're like, "Fuck!" It, it was almost like you don't know how the match is going to end, but you see him set up for that kick, and you're like, "This is it." It was so good, dude. Yeah. So good. And, and you know, he, I think ultimately Cornette was proven right when Generico or Sami Zayn faced Cesaro on that mm-hmm. NXT show. And yeah. that, like, so many people were like, that was fucking match of the year. Totally. But I think ultimately it just it proved Cornette right that Sami Zayn had more than just being a guy under a mask. He had more to offer. And he did. Ultimately, right. he did. Like, as good as he was in this match... He would only get better, right? Totally. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. There's this yeah, one, I loved it. one part of this match. Excalibur calls him Pac Lesnar. Like, <laughs> he did. He did. Yeah, yeah. That's like, stupid. don't call don't call him Pac Lesnar. I actually like watching him. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't ruin him for me. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. t- totally unnecessary. Oh, yeah. If if I were to criticize this match in any way, it would be that. There were a few too many broken up pins. I thought they could have had more two counts. Yeah. Um, but that, I mean, that's me being really nitpicky. Um, I mean, I would give Not it a like a, I would give it like a four and a half stars on the Meltzer scale. Like, I, I really, really like this match. It was really good. Um, there was a lot of shit going on, but they gave it all a lot of time. They sold the moves. Um, Those had contrast. all of PWG stars, though, too. So they had to. Yeah, that's true. Right. Um, you just tell the guys knew what they were doing in the ring. Yeah. You know? And kind yep. of just overall for the match, like to wrap this show up, because um, we've gone about a half hour longer than we thought we were going to. Um, overall, it was a really good show. I loved, loved, loved the second match with uh, BB Hulk and uh, Jimmy Susumu. The main event was great. The tag match fucking sucked. <laughs> this you know, second second to last match sucked. Yeah. Um all the Joey Ryan and uh Candace shit fucking really uh, Because yeah. of what we yeah. know now. Because of still. what we know now, exactly. Yeah, but you know what, dude, honestly, like I don't think I would have liked that before. Like I just it, With her it, being the sole female in that match, I I could Except still the see thing, it, she yeah. was yeah, she was the only chick in the match. If it was like nineteen ninety nine and they were suplexing fucking um Trish Stratus by her tits, I wouldn't have fucking felt good about it, you know? Yeah. Despite I get it, it being but... four on four un- unbalanced tag team match. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm not trying to defend Joey Ryan, dude, at all. That's not why I'm here, but like back then you thought, okay, he's her trainer, he's playing a character. What makes it horrible to go back and watch now is, as we talked about earlier, he's not playing a character. So I totally get where you're coming from with the whole being uncomfortable with it. Right. I totally get it. It's and weird. I was too. Yeah, it's weird. It is. Yeah. And then uh, last notes, Willie Mack could have been a Vince guy if he'd lost 40 pounds. Maybe. And, um, he almost was a Vince guy. Maybe. Yeah. Um, it's crazy how many of these guys ended up going to NXT because you got Pac, you got Generico, Steen. Ricochet. Um, Ricochet. Candice LeRae. Cedric. Candice. Cedric. That's six right there. Yep. Brian Tazawa. Cage. AEW. Um, Tazawa. 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 Yeah. 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 
I mean, so many like Roddy. P- Roddy, yeah. PWG was really like the fucking the UPW of the 2010s. The UPW? Yeah, you know, like the LA uh, territory that uh, or indie that Cena came from. Oh, I got you. Okay, I was gonna yeah. say it was like the Ohio Valley. Of okay, 20. there you go. The Ohio Valley. That's a better comparison. Um, if I have one criticism, I wish that on the DVD we would get the entrances and maybe some backstage promos, music, and music because honestly there was almost nothing to goof on on this show, and um, that's what we do here, Drunk Wrestling uh, History. Well, no, I'm saying there were no entrances because of music. Oh, but they could just like play lame music or do a backstage promo or have them come out to some like public domain music or whatever the fuck. Yeah, they've never done that. Something. They've yeah. never I, done that. It's always been just like a snippet of their entrance and then that's it. Like no music. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. But okay, uh, occasionally okay, there so are backstage the things. That's one thing. That's yeah, one. they could have given us a little bit more to work with. I agree. Yeah, as yeah. far as doing a drunk podcast. But I loved it. I had a great time at this show just being there. It was a great environment. Um, again, I've only been to two PWG shows. I hope to change that in the future. But I want to know what you guys think. Would you be open to reviewing more PWG in the future on this? Um, I am, but I would like to hear from the listeners because, I mean, of course I would be into watching more PWG. But if the listeners don't want to hear it, then I'm not going to waste my fucking time. Like maybe we could review the one where everything went into slow motion. Or when they all had their fingers up each other's butts. And then they did the big I, flip. Um, Wait, did I dream that? R- Ricochet was in that, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that was the finger poke of doom. I, I just want to point out, he's a fantastic fucking wrestler. But still, Yes, he is. So, Thank you. Some, some jokes and gimmicks to uh, carry on. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, would, I would like to do more of these, but... Um, you guys who are listening, hit us up on the Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk and let us know if you want to hear more of these. Because um, I know people like our WWE, our WCW, or ECW pay-per-views. I don't know. Um, I don't know how they feel about. Um, I don't think a lot of people have seen the show. You know what I mean? So like, I'm I totally agree. To see, yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see what they think about shows they've never seen. So, but yeah, luckily, us up, let us know. But luckily, with the education and the presence of one of our very own drunk wrestling historians, we are here to educate you about the wrestling that takes place outside of the major platforms. Yeah, maybe we maybe we influenced you to go buy the DVD. Who knows? Let us know if, if this prompted you to go to PWG's website and buy the KRR3 DVD. Let us know. Yeah. Would you like to fuck Mandy Rose? <laughs> what? Nothing. That was, a, that was a call back to our previous episode. <laughs> I was like, wait. But also is this a add, trick question? <laughs> <laughs> but also All to right, add on Adam, to that. let's take this home. Um, Ricochet's not a pain after, in the ass to work with. After you, uh, after you buy that uh, DVD, you know what else you could do? You could go to whatamaneuver.net and buy a fucking uh, t-shirt from us. So, please. We Help need buy our money. booze. <laughs> we hope we hope you all enjoyed. Eddie and Scott took care of uh, the messaging and the things and the rates and the reviews. You can, know what to do. In, can I butt in for a second, Adam? Do it. 
God damn it, Scott was like, oh, well, if we're not going to finish by 9 o'clock, I don't want to record two episodes, and we're on our <laughs> second episode. I've been trying to take this home for the last 15 fucking minutes, and Scott's running in his mouth. Dude, it's 9.10. We're close yeah. enough. Okay, I know. I'm just like, I could go for another two hours, but you were the one who wanted to be done hella early. Leave and we're done at 9.10. That's perfect. All right. All right. I can tell you've been drinking. Leave Scott alone. He's getting his wrestling boner back. Yes. We're here to support Thank you. him. I love Thank your you. wrestling boner. You do. I'm going to put it in your eye. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> On behalf of Eddie and Scott and Scott's dick, I'm Adam reminding <laughs> all of you to jerk buzz. Watch wrestling responsibly. Drink like nobody is watching. We will see you next time for another great drunk wrestling history episode. One, two, three, PWG. Joey Ryan sucks.
Just follow the links in the video description to iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon, and some other places. I also have a Patriot site where you can get all the songs in an instant download. In an instant download, yeah. I have a banana, yeah. I have a banana. I have a banana, and I'll see you later.